back, I guess this was probably, I guess about a, a year and a half ago. Uh, it was kind of like in the middle, in the midst of uh, COVID, when things were pretty crazy and everything was locked down, probably two years ago. Um, I got an email from a, uh, a guy that I was good friends with in college. And I hadn't talked to him in like a lot of years. Um, and he just uh, called, you know, reached out saying hello. And he said he was going to try to organize a Zoom reunion uh, with a group of college friends. It was about six of us. So I was like, yeah, that'd be cool. Um, I had lost contact with most of the six. Um, in fact, two of them I hadn't seen probably in about 30 years. So we did it, and uh, it was really fun. It was great to, in, uh, to reconnect. It was fun, but it was actually more interesting than anything. Everybody looked older, of course, right? To varying degrees. I had the most hair, so I was happy about that. Um, hey, we looked different. Because we are different, you know, 30-something years had passed. Probably the last time I saw any of them, or, or, or us, all of us together, was we were probably like 27 years old. Now we're all 57. How could you not be different? Especially in the, well, any, any 30 years, but those 30 are pretty big. People getting married, people having kids, careers, lots of, lots of life changes, right? But this was what was so kind of interesting about the experience. It was like, in some ways, little had changed. It was strange. It was like pleasantly strange. We probably talked for like an hour. And uh, the first that half hour was probably was kind of like, just sort of like, so what have you been doing? And where are you living? And what's your job? And how many kids? And all, just kind of like, updating each other on what people had done. But in the second half, it was kind of almost more fun because it was like, I realized like somebody's sense of humor hadn't changed. Like this particular guy who was pretty, pretty comical guy when we were in college, he was just as funny today certain mannerisms and expressions that like, it was just sort of like, boom, it was like a, a flashback to a long time ago. Um, so like we had changed, but we also hadn't changed. Like there's change, but there isn't. We're different, but we're not. It's kind of like this weird back and forth. You know, I think that's kind of what it's like in heaven. Or I think that's kind of what heaven is like. Those we've known, those we've loved, who are now in heaven, it's them. It's the people you, you loved. It's the people you miss. But they're also different. They're also different because it's, it's not here. They're in heaven. It's like this thing with my college buddies. Like, it was them, but
but it kind of wasn't them. And the reason I'm telling you that is, I mean, what do I know? I mean, I haven't been to heaven. I don't know, I don't know any more about heaven than any of you guys do. The reason I'm mentioning it, that I think it's that way, because it's sort of what Jesus describes in this, this reading. He's responding to this ridiculous question by this group of uh, small little subgroup of religious of Jews. They were called Sadducees. And they kind of believed in very little. They just believed in God. Like, that was it. Like, they didn't really believe in afterlife. They didn't believe in angels. They didn't believe in heaven. They didn't believe in the resurrection. So they're totally not buying Jesus because Jesus talked about heaven and the reality of heaven. So they want to make him look stupid. And they come up with this crazy question, thinking it's just going to show that he's wrong about this heaven thing. So the scenario is there's this woman, she marries a guy, and the guy dies. He's got six other brothers. So the next brother comes up and marries her. And this happens seven times. And seven times each of the brothers die. Well, let me tell you, the moral of the story for me is do not marry that woman. Like, stay away from that lady, for sure. But that wasn't even what they were talking about. They were like, so now you got these seven dead uh, brothers, and then eventually she dies. So you got these eight people in heaven. Like, who's she married to? She married to the first, to the last, to the one she liked the most, to all of them? Like, what's it like in heaven? And Jesus is like, no, no. It's like, yeah, they're in heaven. But it's not like it is here. Like, there isn't even marriage in heaven, says Jesus. You know, I think sometimes, like, we have a... Hey, I think each of us has our own little picture of what we think heaven is like. You know, we imagine, you know... (gasps) I remember once being asked that question, like... What's your image of heaven? And I remember saying, I think, if those of you may remember, anybody here ever been to the Bordy Barn out in the Hamptons? Well, to me, like, that was, like, kind of heaven. Like, if I was spent the rest of my life in the Bordy Barn, I'd be a happy guy. So, I mean, everybody's got, everybody's got, like, sort of, like, their picture of heaven. Um, but I think what a lot of us do is this. We, we just see it as, like, a change of location, pretty much a continuation of here, but it's in a different place. I'm totally going to date my, well, I'm dating myself with the Bordy Barn. I'm also going to date myself with this. Remember, those of you old enough, remember the Mary Tyler Moore show? You know, I don't know, that show was on for about six or seven years. I don't know if you remember, like, the first two or three, she was in one apartment, and then the last, the last one or two She moved to another, she was in Minneapolis, but like she now is in a different apartment. For whatever reason, they changed like the set. So they they, they factored that into the story. She just, the location changed, but everything else was pretty much the same. Same characters, same storyline, but just a different place. I think some people see heaven kind of like that, but it's not, I don't think. I don't think Jesus really sees it that way. You know, if you look at the the Gospels where after Easter, 
The period of time between Jesus rising from the dead and then going Pentecost when he goes to heaven, or the ascension when he goes to heaven, he shows up, like, I don't know, like five or six times, Jesus does, to different groups of people. And pretty much every time, there's this weird thing that happens. At first, they don't recognize him. Remember the two guys walking on the road to Emmaus? They were two disciples. Good Friday blew up in their face. He was murdered. They're going home. They're probably going back looking for their pre-Jesus lives. And Jesus shows up, and they're walking along, talking, and they don't know it's him. And at a certain moment, bam, it clicks. And then he realizes him. Mary Magdalene, same thing. She's talking to him, doesn't even know it's him, and then realizes. Story when the, um, all the apostles are hanging out. Oh, no, they're in the boat, and they're coming back, rowing toward shore, and they see Jesus on the shoreline. They just think it's a guy. They don't know it's him. So they're talking for a little bit, and again, they realize it. I wonder if that's maybe the way it works. Like, he's different, but it's him. It's him, but he's, he's different. I think sometimes that's like, we have these moments in life when like, God just seems to kind of show up in like, not in your face ways. But you know something's going on. This isn't just a, a normal day. I think it all has to do with how we see heaven. You know, when I was in the seminary years ago, I remember we all had a, what we called a spiritual director. So that was like a, a person on faculty who was uh, kind of like almost like a counselor, like a, a spiritual director, spiritual director, that's what we called him. So you'd talk about your prayer life. You know, we were all in the seminary. We weren't even sure, like, do I want to be a priest? Should I stay? Should I go? They would help us with that question. A lot of, it was also like a little bit of like a, like a, like a, a, a counselor. It was like a, like a spiritual shrink, kind of, that we would all meet up with. And the guy couldn't tell anything you talked about. He couldn't tell anybody. Really important. Anyway, I remember one day I was talking to him, my guy, great priest. Um, and I told him about a book I was reading. I said, I was reading this book on uh, Robert Kennedy, Bobby Kennedy, and I was telling him how I was loving it. It wasn't even a, it wasn't a school book. I just happened to be reading it, and I was, couldn't put it down. I was like so inspired by this guy's life. And I kind of wanted to read more about him. And he said to me, do you think Bobby Kennedy's in heaven? And I said, yeah, I, I would think he is. I think he was a good man. And he goes, yeah. And then he goes, you know, you could pray to him. And I was like, what? He says, well, if he's in heaven, he's with the saints. So like, you, you, could, you could pray to him. I'm like, what, I'm going to say a prayer to Bobby Kennedy? It sounds ridiculous, doesn't it? But when he kind of explained it, he's like, hey, if, what was it about him that inspired you? And I kind of told him. And he said, would you like to be that way? And I said, yeah, I would. Maybe that's why I was drawn to him in the book. He says, well, why don't you pray to him for some of those qualities? You can kind of connect with him. Like, I had never thought about that. Somebody I had never met, I could, I could actually have sort of a relationship with. I remember when my dad died, I think he'll be uh, 19 years in uh, January 
dead. And maybe about a year or so, a year and a half after he died, I was hanging out with my, one of my brothers, and we were just talking about my father, our father, and totally missing him. We were just very bummed and down. And my brother says to me, hey, do you ever, Brian, do you ever kind of feel like you, you kind of hear from dad in a, in a way? <laughs> and I could tell as he was asking the question, he was like a little, like, he was thinking I was going to think he was a nut. Like, what are you, hearing voices, Danny? And it wasn't that. And I said, I said yeah, I do. Like, I, I almost didn't even let him finish the sentence. Because, like, we had both had kind of like these moments where it was sort of like, you know, we said something to somebody and it was like, oh, my God, like, that was dad. Like, what I just said is totally something he would have said. A certain kind of an instinct to do something or not do something. And I kind of just, we were like, it wasn't like, you know, magical and it wasn't spooky or it was just sort of like a, a connection. More than, a little bit more than a memory. You know, my mom and dad, about 25 years ago, they, they built a house out in Shelter Island. My dad loved Shelter Island. They both did, but my dad really did. They went out there in the 1960s, and forever he was like, I want to get a place out there one day, and they did, which was great. And sadly, six years later, he died. But he loved the place. And I remember going out there in the weeks after he died, and once or twice I went out alone. I don't even know why I was out there alone, but I went out alone, and I could kind of, it was like every room I went into, I could kind of sort of feel that he was close. And I'm telling you, it wasn't like, woo, ghost spooky stuff. It wasn't that at all. It was just like, man, he's like so, he just seems so close right here. The basement, the unfinished basement where all his stuff was. I was down there for something and I could just, just like the smell of the place. And I thought of him. Like my dad just seemed close at that moment. You know, November, in the church, we talk a lot about death. It's like death month in the church. We kind of begin with Halloween, and then we got all saints, and then we got all souls. We got these readings. It's not a coincidence. The church wants us thinking about life, death, and heaven, afterlife. So we're being hit with these readings, and Jesus is explaining kind of what heaven is and what heaven isn't. You know, the Irish, Irish uh, spirituality, Celtic spirituality talks about what they call the thin places, T-H-I-N, the thin places in life. And what they mean by that is that they believe that there are places kind of where this world and the next world meet or get very close. Like the division between this world and the next becomes very thin, very kind of porous. And they talk about places, particular places where they just, they feel this, we feel a connection, a closeness to God and to heaven and to the people who've gone before us. The ocean is one of them. I mean, there's probably a hundred people in this church that would be like, yeah, like I, when, I've been, when I've been across the street on that boardwalk, 
Certain times when the, the sun is setting or rising and, you know, the, the, just the, the, whatever, the whole scene, it's like something happens inside of you. You know, is it a miracle? No. Is it, should we go call the news about it? No. But I think something's going on in those moments. I knew this guy who was a friend of mine whose father died when he was a kid, his father, this kid, well, my friend was a very good baseball player. He was a pitcher, played through high school. And he, uh, him and his dad used to go to the, the local high school and they'd throw the ball there, like more than throw the ball. The father taught him how to pitch. So they spent hours at this one little baseball field. And my friend said that he found that place to be, it became more than just a baseball field for him. Like there were times when he was missing his dad, he'd go there. And he'd just sort of hang out for a little bit. And he just felt like he was there. The day he got married, he went to this baseball field and he just stayed there and he, he talked to his dad on this biggest day of his life. That's not nothing. I think that's what he was talking about in this gospel. The thin places. I think God creates them. So look for yours.